Welcome to this edition of Rural Perspectives, brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. I'm Don Wick. Back with us this week, Katie Tang and Market Education Specialist with Ag Country. And Katie, as we look at that supply demand report from USDA on Thursday, of course, a lot of attention. But as we look at uh, the numbers, very few changes, maybe wheat being one of the exceptions. Yeah, it was a pretty quiet report. And June can come, it's kind of a hit or miss. Uh, every now and then we'll get something that really changes things. But to put this in, you know, the big picture perspective, at the end of June, we have uh, quarterly grain stocks and we have final planting intentions. So between those two things, USDA typically a little bit hesitant to make any big changes unless they have to. Um, keep in mind the wheat marketing year end was May 31st. So this is still an estimate, should be pretty close. When we get the final grain stocks out at the end of this month, that will be the final number for the 2019 um, crop. So we're getting through things. We're kind of moving ahead. Um, like you said, there wasn't a lot of changes. A few things here and there, but I don't know that it was an overly large um, shock to anyone. So we still have quite a bit of corn, both for the 19 crop year, but then going into the 20 crop year. Right now, what USDA does is they take the planting intention numbers from March, and then they just use a trend line yield unless they have a reason to, to deviate, and they did not. So what we're going to have for the 2021 crop year is a projection of 3.3 billion bushels. It's very, very close to where it was in May, just a, you know, a hair higher. But at this point, that's not, not going to cause a lot of heartburn one way or the other because stocks are so heavy. Um, if you want to look at soybeans, we did have... You know, semi-positive changes. The 2021 crop is at 395. It's headed in the right direction. When you think about, you know, a year ago where we were, and projections were for a billion bushel carryout, obviously we've done a lot of work to that balance sheet. A lot of it has to do with planted acres, both from last year we took a hit, then this year they're, they're supposed to be down again as well. Um, you know, as far as crop progress, I don't think there's any major concerns at this point. And you have pockets. Specifically nearby, we do have a dry swath that's developing, you know, west central Minnesota, kind of Traverse, Big Stone, Swift, and then heads up to the northeast. Yes, those areas are dry. Yes, they need rain, and I don't know that everything is going to turn out perfectly well in those areas. It's just too early to say. But on a national standpoint, it's not likely enough to cause a big issue. Um, so that's what we had for the domestic numbers they didn't really change you know um, price projections at this point either we did have some world numbers though that did maybe attract a little bit of attention so what did you see particularly in south america you know south america right now keep in mind their season's a little bit different so we are done with their soybean harvest we are just getting into their corn corn har- their major corn harvest so they have two corn crops the first one which is quite a bit smaller only about 25% of their production. The second one, which they call safrina, comes in behind their soybean crop and is just coming off the field now. So that number may change a little bit. But what we saw was, at least for corn, um, USDA coming in, even with where they were in May, but that's still about um, one and a half tons higher, or you know, if you're going to round, probably about 50 million bushel higher than what we saw or what the trade was expecting to see. So the corn crop there looking in pretty strong shape. We've had some um, currency trade 
that for a long time where the real was just exceedingly weak against the dollar, and it, it still is very weak against the dollar, but at least that relationship has stabilized. Um, you know, what we always have, what we've had for, well, for a long time, but especially the past two years, is that is China buying from the U.S.? Is China buying from Brazil? You go back to last week, um, I can't remember if it's midweek or so, there was the news, well, China's going to sit, tell their state buyers to not buy U.S. beans. It, honestly, the whole week before that, it was pretty apparent because the U.S. was cheaper than Brazil and they were still buying from Brazil. That said, the very same day they said that, we had three cargoes reported. And really, since mid-last week, we've had pretty good daily sales reports that have come in um, fairly regularly. It's not all of 19 crop. Some of it is for the 2021 crop, but that's going to be expected. Um, that's that's where they buy. They buy our product in the fall when we have our harvest lows, and that's you know very normal buying pattern. So I would expect to see that continue. Now, whether or not they do enough to meet those phase one goals, that that remains to be seen. But at least we're moving things along. Things are headed in the right direction. Um, and we've seen some decent basis levels in the Dakotas, considering the time of year and, and even for the new crop bids. So, Katie, uh, North Dakota, of course, uh, we struggled getting this uh, corn crop out. USDA resurveyed growers, and uh, we finally saw those numbers out in this uh, this Thursday report. What did you see there? Did it do anything to the balance sheet? Uh, not enough to, to really talk about. And I think if you look at all the resurveys from, you know, even if you add up all Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Michigan, all the areas that resurveyed, I think we come up with about 75 billion bushels less than what the USDA projected back in, in January. So was there a change? Yes. When you have 2 billion bushels of projected carryout, is that 75 million enough to really sway anyone one way or the other? No. Um, it, it's kind of a tough spot. They did it because they have to. I don't think it's going to make a big difference long term. Um, you know, one thing to keep in mind for North Dakota is, one, we got through corn planting. That plant last plant date for most of the state was May 25th. So when we were at that point, I think USDA was reporting about half the crop was in the ground, maybe a little bit, maybe, maybe up to 60%. But the point is there is going to be significant PP in North Dakota this year. Um, we are now past the last plant date for soybeans. Is there going to be a lot? Yeah, there, there are some fields. But we had some decent weather over the past, you know, over that time frame that, that did let people go a little bit more quickly. So they probably got some stuff in the ground. Um, prices aren't great. So you, know, you kind of keep that in the back of your mind. What's going to be my better decision to take PP at that last plant date or push my maturities? And I don't think, given what happened last year with the late planting, a lot of people are going to be overly anxious to push maturities. And the market was a little different last year when uh, growers were thinking maybe to to push maturities a little bit and keep planting beyond that uh, crop insurance date rather than where we're sitting today. Yeah, exactly. For you know, for one thing, we had MSP program last year that came out right around our last planting date. That's that's not going to be the case this year. But really, if you just look at the futures price, and we're not we're just disregard basis for right now. But if you look at what the December nineteen contract was quoting on our last planting day compared to what it was quoting on the last planting day this year is about a dollar 17 difference 
So you know, that makes a big, big difference in your decision, you know, when you're looking at should I keep going, um, do I put more risk, and then possibly have to put more drying in at the end of the year. It, it makes it a lot less attractive. On those corn usage numbers, did USDA overestimate what uh, we're doing with ethanol considering where we're sitting with miles driven at this point? They did. Um, they they lowered it to reflect slower than expected um, ethanol production. Uh, apparently, according to their language, they had expected a quicker rebound. Um, you know, when you're sitting at 3.3 billion bushels, I don't know if it was ever going to be enough to make a, a huge difference, but they took 50 million bushel out of the balance sheet. That's going to change. Remember, these are for the 2021 crop year. We just kind of got going in, and that, that crop year isn't going to close until August of 21. So there's a lot of time for that to change, but no, right now it's not looking, you know, super optimistic, and and we need all the all the demand we can get right now. So kind of helps you through those numbers. And, and no, no doubt, as we move really through the balance of this month, uh, a lot of trade focus on weather, and uh, again, as you mentioned at the top, that acreage report, all eyes will be on that here at the end of June. They really will be. Ninety-seven, roughly, you know, I know it was a hair less, but 97 million acres of corn was the original estimate. That was probably a high water mark. We should have come down from that. Now, how much we came down, that's a tough question. Um, you know, prices were kind of declining over the, the whole of the planting season, but on the other hand, a lot of this went in the ground in you know, April, not here, but other places a lot of April, and those planting decisions are probably pretty well set by the time that number came out. So typically we don't see a huge swing unless there's an, a weather issue. Yes, we had a weather issue in the Dakotas, but everybody else was pretty pretty good through planting. It's the time of year usually we get to see some sort of weather premium. Um, you know, when you're, you're sitting on 3.3 billion bushels, it's going to be tough to get a lot of weather premium unless you have a, a pretty severe issue. We don't have that right now. Um Beans might be a little bit different story because that balance sheet has, has tightened down so much, but typically we don't get the weather premium on beans until a little bit later. I, I would definitely have in your mind you know, where your next price target is going to be and put that offer in somewhere and, and leave it, let it work, because we have a lot of crop to get rid of and um, you know, just chew through it piece by piece. No doubt. Well, as always, if growers have questions, uh, particularly in this COVID-19 world, they should probably be uh, calling ahead to the offices and checking in with uh, the folks at Ag Country. Yeah, they can call their local office. Um, it kind of depends where you're at a little bit. Some of our offices are, are going to be opening up, at least by appointment. So um, we will be able to start meeting with people a little bit more freely than we have before. But uh, you're going to want to make sure to call back because that, that goes back and forth depending on you know, the covid situation in the area so certainly call ahead if you have any questions on markets or crop insurance or you know tax questions uh, state planning any of those things um, we can get you pointed in the right direction good deal appreciate it katie thank you don that's our latest edition of rural perspectives sponsored by ag country farm credit services you can find out more at agcountry.com i'm don wick for the red river farm network